Coming up to 13 minutes past eight, we continue now with the situation concerning the weather. It's a frequent subject of conversation, but with the temperature cranking up in Seoul this summer, it's even easier to imagine the effects of climate change. A recently published study by Nature Climate Change showed that Currently, around a third of the world's population are exposed to deadly levels of heat for at least 20 days a year. That's set to climb above 70% of us by the end of the century. It's quite frightening. We're joined by lead study author Camilo Mora, geography expert at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. I guess it's also easy for you to understand the effects of heat where you are. Um, but uh, can you start with the major findings of your study? So, yeah, we decided to investigate the climatic conditions under which people had died, and we were interested on a couple of heat waves where a lot of people died in Europe and in Moscow in 2010. Close to 80,000 people died on those two heat waves. But when we started investigating the occurrence of these heat waves that had killed people, we found close to 2,000 of them since 1980. So that was a huge finding for us because normally we think about climate change as something that is happening in the future. And what we are failing to realize is that this is already happening. Can you just imagine 2,000 heat waves killing people since 1980? And that's one of the important findings of our paper. What are some of the most significant cases that you looked at since, since 80 then, just to put that in context for us? I mean, the, the, the top one, the big, big, big one was in Europe in 2003, that heat wave killed 70,000 people. Just imagine that number, 70,000 people. This is like a 20 September 11 attack during that summer. Just to give you a reference point of how bad the killing of people was during that heat wave. And below that one, we had one in Moscow in 2010 that killed roughly 10,000 people in, in Moscow alone. And below that, we found again 1,900 cases when people die because it just got to be too hot. What is the reason for those deaths? Is it is it that people are just not equipped in those countries? For example, they don't have air conditioning as standard or that these are mainly elderly or vulnerable people being affected? So one of the things that we encounter from this is that these heat waves can kill pretty much anybody, you know, and obviously this is like running a marathon. Once you are in a heat wave, your body needs to finish it, you know. So usually the elderly people, uh, their bodies give up enduring the heat wave, but obviously the longer it is, the chances are that even young people, young and healthy people can die from this. Which parts of the world would likely be hit hardest according to your research? So one of the things that we, now that we had these climatic conditions that, under which people had died, we investigated how common are those conditions today. And what we found is that today in the planet, 30% of the world's human populations, or the population is exposed to climatic conditions that have killed people. Right, that's today. Now, when we use climate models to see the predictions into the future, we found that if we do the best we can, that number will be roughly 50%. We are talking that one in two people will be exposed to deadly heat if we fix climate change. If we don't fix it, it will be a one in four, a three in four people, 75%. And uh, so those are the numbers globally, but what we found is that the places that are at higher risk are those tropical places that are in coastal areas. The reason being that as the planet is warm up, those places are going to have increasing humidity as well. So you have the combination of those places in the tropics being hot, 
plus also having higher humidity. And that's a combination that is just very bad for, for human health. Well, you, you've also said that a hotter world does not necessarily mean more deaths everywhere across the globe. Is that what your reasoning is, that some areas are more humid than others or, or other, other factors there? No. So what we, what, what we found, again, on few cases is the fact that the conditions are becoming deadlier in the sense that they are hotter and longer, but fewer people is dying. And what we think is happening there is that many of these countries are putting in place a huge amount of adaptation, mostly air conditioning. You know, you can just go inside your house, turn on the air conditioning, and you will be free of this, the, the risk of this. Obviously, while you are hiding from the heat wave, you have to pray that electricity doesn't fail on you. In New York in 2005, a heat wave was so massive, and everybody turned on the air conditioning, the, the electrical grid went down. Mm. And now it couldn't be in a worse time. You know, everybody was in the middle of a heat wave and there was no electricity. So, yes, yeah, so there are some adaptations that are making these heat waves to be less lethal, but the conditions still remain pretty dangerous outdoors. And, again, not many countries will be able to afford this. A case example of this is what happened in India and Pakistan last year, where close to 4,000 people died on those heat waves. That today so many people die in those countries is a good indication that those people just don't have the money to buy an air conditioning, nor to pay for the electricity of using that air conditioning. So yes, while some developed countries might escape the direct impacts of these heat waves, many other people around the world might just not have the money to, to get to avoid it. Yeah, th th there is a, a vicious circle here, though. The more people that need to turn on air conditioning, we see it in this country, the more demands then on energy production. And if we're looking at fossil fuels to provide that energy, then we go around in circles. So Exactly. So it becomes a vicious cycle, which is, yeah. again, the reason why I don't think looking at adaptation is the solution to this problem. You know, so imagine that I'm in a fight with a kid that just keeps punching me on the face all the time, and my solution to that problem is to buy protective gear so I feel less pain for him punching me. That's not the best solution to that problem. You know, what I want you is to the per for the person to stop punching me. It's the same deal here with climate change and with these heat waves are happening, and the way that we are fixing the problem is to make them less painful, but we are still having the to deal with the heat waves there. So we, we had this in my opinion, this weird way to fix these problems. In reality, what we had to do is to stop preventing those heat waves to happen, of happening in the first place. But, but you've said that even if we cut back on fossil fuel emissions, even if we deal with climate change, we're still going to see a massive increase in the number of people affected by potentially deadly heat waves. Absolutely. I mean, the thing is that our abuse on the planet has been so massive that we run out of good choices for the future. Right now, our choices are between bad or terrible. If we do the best we can, it's going to be pretty bad because you're still going to have 50% of the population exposed. But if we don't do anything, it will be terrible because you will have 75% of it. So I don't think we have to use as an argument not to do anything the fact that this is going to be pretty bad because the reality is that if we don't, we don't do anything, it could be a lot worse. But what can governments do to, to well, actually, the, try at least? Yes, so there are three. Uh, this can be reduced. The magnitude of this can be reduced for sure. Keep in mind, again, the planet is already uh, committed to warm up by two degrees Celsius. That's the best expectation that we can do. So if it is already bad with only one degree, then you can get a picture of what is to come with two degrees of more warming. So that's something that we need to assess. This is going to get bad over time, but what you can do right now to make these things, preventing these things from getting worse, 
is, for instance, at the government level, we need to start investing on finding these, finding these alternative sources of energy. And governments need to look at that as an investment rather than as a cost. The reason being that any country that figures that out is going to become a superpower by the next morning because anyone in the world wants to move away from fossil fuels. So governments at this moment need to start figuring out how to make those uh, alternative sources of energy cheaper so that eventually humanity can move away from, from these fossil fuels that are doing so much damage. But is there anything now, that we can do as individuals, just briefly, we are out of time, but to protect ourselves, to prevent absolute, deaths? Yeah, well, at the, at the individual level, what we have found is that, for instance, cities benefit a lot from planting trees. Those trees, the planting of those trees, cool down the cities, and there is a lot of scientific evidence to suggest that the more trees you plant on a city, the colder the city gets, and obviously the less air conditioning you will need and the less electricity that you will need. So uh, that's one of the plans that cities are implementing in the United States to minimize the impacts of these heat waves. Okay. Well, there's one solution for us. Professor Mora, thank you very much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. Camilo Mora out of the University of Hawaii at Manoa there. Are you suffering with the heat? What's your way of dealing with it if it's not air conditioning? Pounder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message.